just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace of sobriety, just a menace, ju- just a menace, just a menace. Menace of sobriety, just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace of sobriety. Hello and welcome to another episode of Menace to Sobriety with me, your host with the most. Dan O'Reilly, a.k.a. Dapper Laughs. And uh, yeah, we've got another great guest here. But before I get into that, for those of you that have just stumbled across the podcast, I want to tell you a little bit about what you're getting yourself into. This is a fun, no-holds-barred, true look at um, all things mental health and sobriety. Personally, myself, I've been going on my own journey. I'm learning a lot about it. Uh, I'm feeling positive. I've just hit today 92 days sober, um, and I've turned into... um, one of these people now that's screaming and shouting about how good they feel um, after coming to terms with and admitting that they had an unhealthy relationship with both alcohol, drugs and whatever. I uh, also suffer with ADHD, so you'll have to keep up with me, uh, but it's uh, it plays a big part in a lot of the stuff that we talk about. I've got a group called uh, Men and Their Emotions, and this is the first time I'm wearing one of their jumpers. Um, you should be able to grab one of these uh, in my bio on my Instagram. Um, and Men and Their Emotions is a group that's at the time of recording this it's about 30,000 strong, full of men. You can go and join it. It's on Facebook. You just click join and um, you can join all of the rest of the people on there and posting about what they're going through and everyone's having a conversation. It makes you feel like less of a nutcase uh, as we all are. So yeah, boom, on to my guests. Let's have a great episode, man. I'm feeling the love in the room already. It's been really hard not to talk uh, since we met. Matt Pink, welcome, welcome. Thank you, mate. Nice to how, be here. How are you? We now, listen. Finally, talk. Yes, I mean, <laughs> we, we, we've been sat outside. This is a tough thing. Every time I meet a guest, if we sit outside, you know, if John, the producer, is late, as per usual, I'm joking. <laughs> but if we're waiting outside, and you're like, "All right, how you doing?" And you know, really keen to talk, and I'm like, "Just shut up," because uh, save it for the podcast. So we've got loads to chat about. But before we get into it. Why don't you tell me, as if I don't know, for the viewers and the listeners at home, who you are and what you do? So I am the king cheerleader of the sobriety world. So that's why I've been on your case. I've been liking, following, posting you for the last few years since you've been trying to crack it. I started my Better Life Guy account um, two years ago. Better Life Guy on Instagram. Uh, It's got quite a good following. And basically my job now full time is to help people to take a break from alcohol or even to think about taking a break from alcohol or to go completely 100% sober. Um, So yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, and you've got a book, haven't you? I've got a book and I've got an app, which we can talk about at great length, or we yeah. can talk about in a nutshell. But yeah, basically, I've written a book. Yeah. When I went sober, I thought I had this real urge to kind of like tell my story to the people. Yeah. It just fell out of me. And I'm, I'm like you. I didn't do very well at school. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't think I had a book thick. in me. You're thick. <laughs> I didn't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, go on. But anyone can write a book and it just started coming out of me and it did really well. Went to number uh, one yeah. in the Amazon chart in seven different categories and it's still helping people today. And I wanted to write something that was just where people like us could pick it up, read it. It's easy to read and it literally tells you what I did and what you can do. That's why it's called Better Me, Better You. Better Me, Better You. Yeah, and I bought your copy, actually. Oh, go on then, get oh, it out. I'll show you. I got you oh, look, he's a got a bag. Gift. He's got a bag. Oh, for, to, for the people listening, I mean like a carrier bag, not a <laughs> Just, we've got to clarify that because you never know on this podcast. Oh, a nice pink jumper. With dry, there you dry, go. Dry, that's your app, is it? We're going that's to that in app, a minute. Yep. Nice pink jumper. Thank you very much. That's for me, yeah? That's for you, mate. Love that. Uh... And, and your very own copy. Let's have a look at the book. Better me, better you. Matt Pink. Um, wow. Okay. So look, are you stuck in a hamster wheel of life? Feeling stressed, tired, unfulfilled, demoted, uninspired, just waiting for something good to come along and rescue you. Feeling like you want to do more of your life, but you don't know how, or you haven't got time. 
where you're in the right place. I'm going to help you escape the cycle of doom and here's a guide to becoming a better you. So it doesn't even really, you don't even really mention alcohol on the back. It's, it's, just, it's just about better life, but you know, better me, better you. It covers everything, spirituality, exercise, nutrition, mindset. Yeah. But alcohol is the fundamental thing that gets everyone in the room. That's Once people do that, then the world's your oyster. Yeah. Um, but now my job's more about helping people do the first bit, because then I can also help coach people to become better, a better version of themselves throughout the other things as well. So I'm, mate, I, I, I completely get what's happened to you because the same thing happened to me. You 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 start to feel strange when you become sober, don't you? Yeah. You start this this for one. You get loads more time on your hands because you're not you're not tired, you're not hungover, you're not aggy, um, you're not drinking. So you've got your evenings. Uh, secondly, you wake up and you start f like uh, the more the days go on, the better you start. You start waking up going, oh fucking hell, life's actually all right. Yeah. Like I, 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 recently at the moment, I'm waking up and I'm going, why am I fucking pissed off a bit? Like <laughs> I, I, I spent, I reckon I spent the last. I don't know how many years, 30 years of my life going from some days being good, some days being bad, some days being really bad, some days being all right. And now it's just a steady consistency of calmness. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, uh, tell me if I'm correct in thinking this, that you're like, I want to fucking share this. Yeah, exactly, mate. I, and I've been through that pain that everyone else has been through that probably listens to this where you don't know if you're in it or not, but you live that life where you think, I'm tired, I'm stressed, I'm just getting old, I'm putting on a bit of weight. Everything feels like a struggle and you just put it down to age and the way your life goes. But when you stop drinking, you're like, actually, no, fuck that. No, I'm not actually. No, I've got more energy actually i can do more i can go to the gym i can make progress my mental health feels better i'm a better dad i'm a better partner i'm better everything so that's like mm. you start getting a bit of momentum and then what happened to me before was i knew that i'd take a few break i'd take a couple of weeks off i was getting a glimpse of it but then i was like getting pulled back in because mm. my mates were out and i was going back on it mm. but after doing that so long i'm thinking actually once you take a glimpse behind that curtain of sobriety it really like sticks with you. You can't unsee it. And I think that's what did that's what did it for me. And now I'm in it full time. Mm. I'm just shouting and screaming about it because it's just the greatest gift I've ever given myself. And don't get me wrong, what's that that's just that shit out of the way. I don't want to talk about sobriety for a living, but I do it, I, I do it because I, I know what doors it opens for everyone. And it's the first thing you need to do to then open, you know, you've got an open door to whatever you want to do in right. your life. Well, yeah. So I definitely think um in there's this is why you can't just sometimes it's difficult or for me especially it was to just go boom i'm stopping you can't like boom i'm stopping drinking yeah um like you said to me when we we're outside briefly that you followed my and this is very weird for me because although i know that i've got millions of followers across my social media i it's very difficult for me to identify with them individually so sometimes when i see people individually and they come up and they go oh by the way how was your holiday in spain and your wedding looked fantastic i'm like who the fuck are you but <laughs> but um but you, you said to me, oh, I came on your sober journey with you last year. And then you was a little bit disappointed when when I, when I, I, I hate to say relapse because it makes me feel like a, an alcoholic, which I guess, you know, if you can't give up drinking, if you're struggling to give up drinking, then I guess you are. But um, just talk me through how that looked from your perspective, because yeah. I'd be interested to know that. It was really interesting. So obviously I started following you because you're obsessed and that's the that was the appeal you're funny you were drinking you're doing gear and all that and that was what was funny about it. that's why i followed you and then i stopped drinking but i still followed you because you're actually still quite funny every yeah. now and again um but, <laughs> <Fuck you laughs> hell. Right. but thanks for tuning in I'm joking. Yeah, God. <laughs> but then when you started going on your sober journey i could see it because you were like almost a couple of years or a couple of months behind what i'd done so you were starting to explore it and i was like go on he's doing the cold water he's doing the gym he's smashing it boxing he's doing he's becoming a better person he's lit up you can see from his the way he's talking and 
I was like cheering you on, sort of going, go on, get stuck in. But equally, I knew that you weren't really committed from my from what I saw. You didn't really shout out and say, I'm sober. You said, I'm stopping drinking. Yeah. I'm going to stop drinking for a bit. And you sort of, so I knew yeah. you hadn't really committed. There was this time, I've seen something different. Yeah. You've just yeah. from afar and just, you've yeah. gone, right, I'm sober now. And you've obviously had to go on that journey because yeah. some people do. I coach people sometimes. I'm like, if you want to fucking go have a beer, go and have a beer. Like, cause then they come to a hundred percent of the time they come back and they say, that was shit. I wish I hadn't done it, but I now know that's done. It's behind yeah. me and now I can move on. So yeah. that's what it looked like for my. Yeah. I mean, just to, I know um, I want to get into you, but just to close sort of that bit on me, I'll, I'll tell you where I'm at and where I was at then. And I think a lot of people will probably be able to relate to this out there that are listening. And what it was that was stuck in my head was I still felt that I was missing out. Uh, I'd given up drinking because um, it was unmanageable. My relationship was falling apart from me being pissed or hungover and rude. And, um, you know, uh, the occasional sessions and the drugs were, were, were really damaging my mental health. My anxiety was bad. So then I was coming off it and going sober and feeling good. But then as soon as I like I was feeling good, I was like, oh, I, can, I feel like a beer. But that long stint that I'd done as sobriety was after a big fallout. And then I was like, right, big st- I'm going to come off the the drink. And I was like, oh, I'm missing out. I still felt like I was missing out. And then Christmas came and I knew that I had my stag do. And I was like, do you know what? I'll, I'll just come back. And all I'll do is I'll drink on special occasions. But it went straight back to every opportunity I could. I was back on the drink and then slowly back onto everything else. But this time around... I always thought to myself, the only way I'd ever lose everything is through drink and drugs and that. And when things started to go wrong again, this time around, I, when I when I come out of it and managed to get a week, managed to get two weeks, managed to get a month. And then I was like, fucking hell, I'm free of it. I'm not missing out. I'm free of it. And I think once my mindset changed, you can really start enjoying it. Yeah. And you're 92 days now. So you cracked yeah. it and you did it over Christmas. Yeah. I've done year. it through Christmas. How was and that? Um, I, I was all right actually. My 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 wife doesn't really drink. Shelley doesn't really drink. Her, her family so occasionally like to have uh, used to like to have a big piss up, but no one really. You know, I, I was I, like I said, I felt free of it. Like every Christmas has been fucking drama. To be honest with you, yeah. most Christmases have been drama for the last however many years. Because at some points I'd get too pissed and or someone else would get too pissed and or something would happen. And so it was nice to just have the most relaxing, calmest. The Christmas was about the kids. So. Yeah, as it should be, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough about me. I don't like talking about me. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, let's get into you. So, all right. Better Me, Better You. That's the book, guys. Uh, go check it out. There you go. Better Me, Better You. I mean, you're very colourful. Like, is this Mate, like a reflection of your personality? It's my name, isn't it? Matt Pink. Matt Pink, so yeah. I've got to keep must have been bright. tough at school a bit, was yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit, yeah, to be fair. <laughs> but now I'm playing on it. Yeah, yeah, good. Good. Um, and you've got this app. Talk, tell me quickly about the, the the app and then I'm going to get into, into yeah. you. So the app came about because basically I wanted to do something on a big scale because I was getting, my Instagram started to grow and yeah. loads of people were asking me to help them and I trained to be a coach and I am a coach. What do you mean by coach? Like a, a life coach? An alcohol-free coach is what I trained in. So I trained in coaching then I did an alcohol-free module at the end of it right. so I can help people to stop drinking. But obviously that comes at a price when it's one-to-one. So I wanted to help people on a bigger scale and I wanted to help people for free. Right. So we built this app. It took me six months. I put my career in the bin last year in April which was a really good career and good job and i put myself a hundred percent like out my comfort zone she went right i'm gonna go for it so last six months been building this app it's free and it's already helping seven and a half thousand people in the first four months and the idea of it is again colorful it's like fun positive vibrant it's got live videos in there it's got good events in there it's got new merch in there which you can see from this and the idea of it is it's something to i wanted to create something that people wanted to be part of not something people had to be part of what do they do on the app 
So there's live videos every morning. So in, interactive live videos where you can watch and just get motivated about why you should be not drinking, what you do for the day, mindset shifts and all that sort of good stuff, self-development. Right. But then within that, there's a community. So it's like Instagram. You've got events that we do online and offline. Right. Some of them are free as well. So we, we've just been to Scotland last weekend. Me and my co-founder, Andy, we flew up to Scotland, met the community that was in Scotland, I did a little this. walk with them, um, had a little cuddle, went for a coffee with them and then flew back. So went to Glasgow and Edinburgh. We're doing that in Dublin next, next month. So we're just trying to bring the online offline but also do it the other way around as well so we've got all bases covered mm. and we're just going to grow this thing we want it to be like the biggest name Movement. in yeah. alcohol free space because why wouldn't it be it looks good it is good it's current it's live and it's free fucking hell mate you should be a salesman <laughs> i want the app um no lovely okay cool so you're, you're you're you know that's that's important i think do you know what i love that you keep saying like fun colorful and da 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 so for me uh, that's what the, my kind of my my concept on on the podcast was um you know, it's so dangerous, the thought of, for people, it's so dangerous for people to think, oh, I'm an alcoholic, oh my God, I've got a problem, da, da, da. And sometimes that thought alone can stop people from drinking because, you know, when you go to a party and you go, oh, uh, no, I don't drink, they go, oh, why, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah, what have you done? What, you've done a bit of time inside? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, it's almost in this, in this world, it's almost considered weirder that you don't drink than you do. It's the only drug on the planet people think is stupid for not taking. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? So I think that making, if we can, with what we're trying to do, if we can make sobriety like just another part of well-being, do you know what I mean? Another thing that you can do for yourself. And I feel like that's kind of your message, isn't Mate, it? Mate, I'm trying to carve out a space. So before, if you've stopped, if you've stopped drinking, you're either pregnant, boring, or you've got to go to AA. Yeah. There's no other place for you, really. Yeah. So I'm trying to like carve out a space yeah. where it's actually, oh, no, I know I want to give up drinking. It's a, and I'm not for people that are like, putting vodka mm. on their cornflakes. I'm for people that just fucking want to have a better life and just yeah. actually fed up with the session. It yeah. usually is art, like 35 to 45 people, yeah. age people. Yeah. And they come on board and actually they see this thing. They see mm. it's alive. They see yeah. it's current. They see the benefit they get from it. Mm. And they see themselves in a house they're in a place because before like you say if you want to stop drinking what do you do where do you go who are your people yeah and you're always the only person in your family you're always the only person in your friendship group that's why we built dry because you want to build a community where mm. all the only people can come together yeah and yeah, when they yeah. do it's magic when we've done events like you straight away the minute one everyone the volume's up here it's not like going to an event where everyone's boozing and everyone's sneaking off to the toilet and it's quiet for the first hour but then it's fucking raucous like hour three and it's ca carnage this mm. is like straight away people come in everyone has a hug we have a coffee we have a chat yeah, and everyone yeah. goes home by dinner time yeah and i think that there's um uh you know i'll, I'll, I'll get into uh, into other bits and bobs uh, a bit later but i think that there's definitely one of the things that I like the most about sort of sorting my shit out is it makes me feel like my shit's together. Do you know what I mean? I've got less guilt, less shame. And I saw, I saw someone put a video on TikTok a little while ago, like this geezer put a video on TikTok saying, you know, he was running and he was like, you know, my mates say, oh, you know, I'm not a fucking, I'm not a lad because I'm not doing that. No, do you know what a real man is? A real man's a man that, that put, gets his shit together for his family. Mm -hmm. And um, it's so difficult out there because I think a lot of lads, especially lads, they work their fucking asses off all all week long. Um, they, the times might be difficult money-wise and stuff like that. They might have broke up from their missus. They might have problems seeing their kids. They might be going through all this stuff. And a lot of lads equate, and, and this is what I did, drink and drugs to their only source of, this is me time. This is for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do you know what? I've worked my ass off all week. I'm going to go and get on the smash. And do you know what? If I want to get a little gram in and something, so what? And I can completely understand that mentality because for me, when things were hard, I was like, I'm getting smashed. But when things were good, I was like, I'm getting smashed until it was like, do you know what? It's fucking, it's a bank holiday. I'm getting, to, or whatever. And I think that 
once you take once the thought of taking that away from someone is hard to fucking comprehend. Yeah. But if you can get into the mindset of realizing that that makes you feel worse and that there's better ways to feel better, then I guess it can it can work. And a lot of the time, people have been through that. Like, so for me, I've been from my own trauma, and mm. that became because that's what I did for a good time. That's what I did for a bad time. Mm. That's what I did with trauma, and that's dangerous yeah. when that happens. Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, right. Let me. I want to sh- just stop because otherwise, I'll just end up talking loads and loads and loads. Right. Just because I've got a couple of questions here. Why did you go sober? Um, so, well, I went sober because I, I grew up like a normal lad, like drinking with my mates, all the usual sort of sit, yeah. sesh at the weekend, whatever. And that sort of period, as I got better at my job, earned more money, had more responsibility, got married, had kids, you know, felt really good, felt like I was flying, felt like I had it all under control, really. Although probably looking back, I'm not sure I did. Um, and then I sort of, I, I had it all really. I had 2.4 children, I was married and I was fairly happy. And then... Um, was, you, was you, at this point in your life, was you drinking a lot or was you using... I was drinking... Or just like, just normal just lads? Just, just normal lads. Lad. I was just yeah. a normal lad. Just, like, just like, getting pissed every now and then and maybe a bit of packet. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And then what happened was in 2013, my son died suddenly. Oh my God. Yeah. Of, um, of sudden infant death syndrome, um, which is like cot death really. But he was four and a half months old. So you sort of like feel like you're out in the woods with that. But he was quite old for it. And... That was when my relationship with alcohol went from something that I wanted to something that I needed. And I remember that night coming home from the hospital thinking, the only thing I was thinking really is, is there beers in the fridge at least? That's the only thing I could like focus on. And then people all around me were saying like time is a healer. And that's probably the worst thing they could have said to me because time goes so quick when you're on the sesh. And so I was thinking, right, let's just get on it. And then I'll, you know, days, weeks, months will pass. And I'll come out of it. But what happened was I did that and I, I was still functioning. So I was still going to work and I still had a good job and I was still doing all the good things. But uh, as soon as I was finished, I was straight back on it. And that ended up, you know, over a period of time, I lost my marriage. I lost my house that I'd worked so hard to sort of pay for. I lost everything. And I ended up with sort of a, literally a bag of clothes. I didn't know where I was going to be that night. And it was sort of got to that stage. And that was all a re- result of that sort of downward spiral. And what you were saying about the go-to so the go-to for good the go-to for the bad and the go-to for the trauma and it's really the trauma which catches people out because mm. you think you've got it under control till someone dies and then you fucking lose your shit and then you end up like with a bag of clothes so you go from having everything to having nothing quite quickly um so that was kind of where it led me over mm. a period of years really oh first of all um i'm sorry that that happened to you man um how old were you when you lost it was your son was it, was it your son ago. yeah 10 years ago how- so i was 29 it was just for my 30th yeah 29 and what, what was your boy's name Rocco Rocco and um I'm oh, sorry mate that's really cut me up I know it's not my I'm sorry man that's sorry right, that's mate. that um yeah man sorry I'm really sorry that that's happened right. to you as a father I can only imagine sorry that's really got me um uh and uh God, I don't know why that's got me so much I'm really sorry mate because your dad mate uh yeah, and um, do you sometimes think to yourself, like, that you're lucky that you survived that? Yeah, but I didn't give a fuck if I didn't. That's the difference. Um, I was playing dangerous game, really. Of, I'd like, you know you know what it's like. You know, that's why you're upset, because you've got kids. Yeah. If something happens to your girls. Yeah, God forbid. You, you don't know what it's going to do to you, yeah. you. I was on a spiral, mate. I was out of control. And I was like, do you know what? If I do this, who cares if I don't wake up? Who cares if I don't wake up? Literally, I don't care. And it, it's a dangerous game to be playing, but um, yeah. 
I think, um, sorry, man, that just really got me that did because I can just imagine myself being you at that time and coming away from coming out of the hospital and just think like the only thing I can relate to it. Um, and I can't really because it's, it's, it's nowhere near the same. But when I lost my father, it was just that, that just weeks and weeks and months and months of, um, just, I don't know, not even being there. Do you know what I mean? And I was drinking and using heavy after my father passed away. Cause I just, I just, I can remember just thinking to myself, well, fuck you then to the life. Yeah. Like, fuck you. If you're going to do this to me, then fuck you. Um, and I think you've got such an important message. Like one thing that I'll take away from, definitely take away from what you said out of all of that was it's all well and good drinking and, and doing drugs like a lot of these lads out there are drinking and doing these drugs to cope, but you don't know what's around the corner that could tip you right over the fucking edge. Mm. And Kirk on the first podcast I'd done said the same thing that once he found his father, the first thing he'd done was call his dealer. And so just talk to me about how quickly, how much did that? Sorry, that's I've still got that lump. In my throat, <laughs> man. Oh, so, um, but um, yeah, I feel your pain, but the good thing is that the positive thing is, is that that pain now is, um, that pain somehow you've managed to use that pain to, yeah, to, to to turn that into strength. How quick did that escalate? And 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 you know? yeah, it was over a long time, mate. It was over a long time, like probably five years. I spent sort of trying to get my shit together, but you know, it, just getting on it all the time. And it, the get the sessions were getting longer. The, the the amount of drinking was getting more. I started smoking again, like all that sort of shit. Downward spiral, classic downward spiral. Yeah. And then um, on the day where I had my clothes in my bag, and I was in I was in a bar on Regent Street, I used to like. Oh, I was there all the time anyway. And I had a mad experience where, because um, I felt so lost. And I, this is where like my spirituality really started because I didn't know what to do really because I'd been to see a therapist. My work had put me in the top place in London to see a therapist, didn't really get on with it. Um, the only time I found sort of comfort was I went to see a spiritualist um, a couple of months before all this shit, all the rock bottom happened. And she told me that he's like a reoccurring spirit. He's, he's, he's been who was this? A spiritualist, like a medium. What, and he just walked past and saw you? No, sorry, I've dotted around. But this, so this, a couple of months before that, yep. a couple of months before the rock bottom incident, I was sort of lost so bad. I went to see a spirit, like a medium. Oh, I booked, okay. I booked her an appointment, went to see a medium, and I went in there, and I didn't, she didn't know who I was or anything. I just thought, fuck it, it was worth a try. I was so low. And I, th I thought it was a load of bullshit. I thought, you know, my mum had been, my sister had been before to these things where you go, mm. and they're like, yeah, they're going to tell you great aunties there or whatever, some nonsense. But yeah. I went in, she started telling me she could see like this woman and she was holding a baby and she's pointing the baby towards me, but she's behind me. And I was thinking, what the fuck? And then she said, he's all right. He just wants, she wants to know he's all right. He's a reoccurring spirit and all this like mad stuff. And I was thinking, fucking hell, proper like, I was just started crying my eyes out the whole time. Anyway, that was the first time I've been to see a spiritualist or had to step into the world of spirituality yeah. and thought there's something bigger at play. Yeah. Anyway, fast forward a few months later where I've been kicked out of my house, had nothing, walk in the street, bag of clothes outside this bar on Regent Street. Oh, right. So now you're, now everything's fucking falling now apart. Fucking you're on your ass. You've got a bag of clothes, not homeless, yeah. essentially. But basically, I didn't know where I was staying at someone's house, didn't know who's. Um, and I was outside this bar on Regent Street. Then this guy come up to me out of nowhere and it's mad. I was with my mate Ryan, having a fag outside. And he come up to me and he goes, I need to tell you something. Um, you, you need to stop doing this. And he was pointing to like smoking, drinking, drugging. You need to stop all this thing. You're a successful man. You've got a successful lifeline. You're going to live till you're 97. You're going to do a lot of good things in the world. But you need to stop. Once you stop doing these things, all great things will happen to you. And he was telling me about my, because my daughter's name is Lily. And he was like, you're close to a flower. I'm getting a flower. I can't, I can't think of the name, but it's a flower, it's a flower. You, you're seeing a girl and you need to go with her. She's good for you. And the letter K is coming up. The letter K is coming up. And I'd met a girl on Tinder called Kirsty. 
Anyway, on the back of this experience, which was like half an hour long, by the way, it just blew me out of the water. I was like, what the fuck? I felt like I'd been put back on the track, if you like, because I was so lost. It felt like someone had gone, right, just give up that, give up that, give up that. And you yeah, look, fucking smash it. Yeah. And I knew I smashed everything I did before and I'm going to smash this. So I felt a bit like revived and I chased up the little K. I ended up moving in with Kirsty that week. We're now married and we've got our own daughter. Fucking. Um, so it was like, it was all because of that moment of spirituality. And the weird thing is, going back to the woman I did the, um, me, who did the medium reading for me at first, when I left her, I was crying my eyes out and I said, can I come back to you? Um, cause I've, this is the first time I felt like relief and she held my hand. She went, don't worry, darling. If you, if you, if we need you, we'll come to you. Oh. And I was like, and I didn't think anything of that until this, a few months later, this geezer stopped me in the street and then that happened. And ever since that's happened, now I'm aware of all, you know, the numbers, the robins, the, all the white feathers and all the shit that flies around. And you just have this great, I've got this great sense of comfort now that he's all right for a start. And also I've got this fire inside me, this fucking almost anger but like motivation to go and live that life to be successful to be 97 to be a good dad to be a good person and wow. to give back and so i've managed to channel that trauma into something positive because really that's the only choice i had did you ever find out who the guy who stopped you in the street was no i didn't no he just is weird he disappeared as well and he actually gave me a he, he held my hand with a, a note on it so he, the whole time he was talking to me he had this like little screwed up bit of paper in it and all the stuff, because he was going to me, you've got no brothers, you've got, he was speaking really fast, you've got no brothers, you've got two sisters, you've got no brothers, got, and he was repeating it. And then he was like, okay, 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 get the letter, okay, flower, flower, close to a flower. Anyway, when he went, I did the um, bit of paper, and it said, um, no brothers, two sisters with my sister's names. It said, flower equals Lily, and it said, K equals Kirsty. I was like, oh, what the fuck just happened? But that, and now I'm like, I'm in my book, I talk about spirituality because, you know, I'm not religious in terms of, I don't think there's one God. There's a fucking universe out there that's looking after all of us mm. and everything that's happened is supposed to be there. And I've even found now some gratitude in where, and what's happened to me, because now I think because I had to go through that pain, I'm now in a position to help potentially hundreds of thousands of millions people change their life. Mm. And that's my, that was my purpose. That was my path. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to live it. Oh man, there's so much to take in. I'm sorry, man. That's like, it's amazing. And um, I, I've 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 often I've often said on my social media many many times that if you're going through something right now that's really difficult, you can take two things from it. One, you know, if you're going through something that's really difficult that that you that you can't see you can't see a way out of, or you can't understand why you're going through it, you can take two things from it. One. It could be the universe's way to just check that you deserve better. Check that you're strong enough to deserve better. And two, imagine what you can do for other people that haven't experienced that yet. You know what I mean? With what you've experienced, imagine what you can give to other people when they're going through it. And that's what you're doing. You lost your son. You were an alcoholic and, and you know, you're drug, drug abusing, alcohol abusing. You lost your missus. You lost your house. You lost your job. And somehow at the pit, in the pit of despair at the bottom of it, you went, no, do you know what? I'm actually going to be the fucking geezer. I'm going to sort my shit out. And um, I think that's commendable, mate. Let me shake Jeez, your hand. Mate. Yeah, no, that's what drives me. Because, you know, like you, you're going to get load of shit. And I get load of shit because I'm there fluffing around on Instagram going, you know, stop drinking, stop drugging. Mm. You get, people call you a cunt every single day. You've got to just wear it. Yeah. And actually what drives me is knowing that a lot of them people that are doing that now, and I've been in the game long enough, they've come back around. And I've had messages from people that have called me a cunt. And then 
six months later, they're just to let you know, sorry about that. I've actually been watching videos ever since and actually I've stopped boozing there myself mm. and actually I'm living a much better life. Yeah. So it's and like purpose. I, 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 I always say it, I'm, 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 I'm always say, it, you know, my, my message, like you said, my message for people is not for, not for people that can go out and have the occasional drink or the occasional party or the occasional session or whatever. And, and it doesn't affect their lives. My, my message is for people that, that know that they're in an, an unhealthy loop that they're struggling to get out of. Um, and you just fucking hell, like you said, you don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what's going to hit you. Um, fuck me, that was deep. And I'm sorry that I feel kind of a little bit guilty. I feel a little bit guilty that I, I was crying over your loss uh, in your moment there, but it really did touch me. And I think that that's, uh, it's Jacob, wasn't it? No, Rocco. Rocco, fucking hell. <laughs> and I fucked it. <laughs> I fucked it. And, um, Rocco, sorry. And, um, uh, and, the pain, uh, uh, what I'm trying to say is you, the, the, what Rocco has given you and, and obviously what I've just felt, um, it, you can use it for good. And yeah, exactly, mate. And also now I've had, I've gone on to have more kids since that, um, which yeah. was its own fucking battle, by the way. Like when you're going through that first four months of having a new baby boy yeah. and obviously you're shitting yourself every single day and night while watching over the crib, etc. Yeah. Which I, by the way, I drank and sort of seshed through that to get through it. But, just had a new baby um and actually i've been sober for that and it's been a completely different experience but what i'm saying is i actually use that experience to now be a better dad and i'm putting mm. my, my boys and my kids are everything to me yeah everything they they are i've always said they are yeah. like most dads yeah yeah they're everything for me but they're in the boozer or not coming home on saturday night or whatever no yeah whereas oh. now they actually are everything yeah I'm at every single football practice i'm at, i'm in there with them in the morning playing with them when they get home, yeah. I want their level. What did you do at school? How is that? What's that in your book bag? That's brilliant, mm. mate. Well done. Go on, son. Smash it. Like at the mm. school gate, giving them a kiss goodbye. Have a good day today, mate. Like prop everything. Like you are doing the mm. school runs. Like you just said. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've got to, I've got to hold my hands up and be honest. And this is this is something that um, I harboured a lot of guilt about. My my social, you know, two or three years ago, my social media did not what I was putting out on social media did not match what was going on behind closed doors. What what I was putting on social media was snippets of me being a good dad and then the rest of the time behind closed doors I was I was there sometimes sometimes I wasn't there you know I thought I had the right to spend nights out and do whatever and then be hung over and pass them an iPad on a Sunday but now touched you know touch wood and forever um my social media what you see on social media matches what's going on at home and I, I don't have that guilt and that shame and um I know what you mean you know you, you are a completely different person when you wake up after 92, like this morning, I woke up after 92 days of sobriety when you wake up and you are like, woo, how are you doing? What are we doing today? Do you know what I mean? What's going on this? Like now my weekends consist of this. What do you want to do this weekend, man? Yeah. What do you guys want to do? Not going, oh, do you know what? I, fuck, oh, I'm not going to be able to handle taking them swimming on a Saturday morning. Babe, can you just, <laughs> can you do something? Because I'm out on a big one Friday. Yeah. Um, and I think that one thing that I'd definitely say, and one thing that me and you can definitely say now, from this part, from this moment forward, uh, or for me, from 92 days ago, how, how sober are you? How many days? Nearly a thousand days on Sunday. A thousand days on Sunday. Yeah. Hell, mate. Yeah. Two and a half years. Wow. Yeah. And does it get better and better? Yeah. It gets easier. That's yeah. what I'd say. That's actually an important point. Should I jump in there? Please. Because <laughs> um, otherwise I, people, I won't stop fucking. I want people to know that though, because like I don't. Uh, the way to explain giving up booze or sesh, whatever, is like, think of it like you were going to start playing the guitar tomorrow. It's fucking hard. It's fucking hard for the first few weeks or months. 
but then after six months you sort of start smashing it and then you're away or think of it like an ex-partner where if your missus breaks up with you tomorrow you're going to fucking hurt for the first few weeks months but after six months you're probably with someone else do you know what I mean and you've forgotten about it and it all goes away and it's exactly the same thing when you go when you give up you've smashed it 92 days over Christmas over New Year you've already got it in the bag from before anyway you've absolutely smashed it so I think the thing to note with that is when you get to a year and a year's the big milestone for me I celebrated that on a cake balloons everything did a load of lives around it ever since I've done that I've sort of put it to bed as what it is and I've lived my life as normal, normal life yeah right? like, I don't want to like I'm not oh, it, you know a year and two weeks a year and three weeks because no, then you're living I guess then you're living as like someone that's giving something up where you just want to live exactly yeah. and actually when I said to myself when I go to a thousand days I'm going to retire my days I'm not going to talk about it anymore I'm just going to give it up. That's wow, it. that's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, because I'm fed up of it. And I don't want to be... And although AA has got a great place, I think what AA what, wasn't attractive for, for me because I feel like you're clinging on to that. I'm an alcoholic. I'm 92 days. I'm not... And it's sort of like it's plotting you up where you don't want to be. Whereas what I'm doing and creating the space and what we're doing with Dry is it's like, where do you want to fucking be? Let's be forward facing. Where do you want to be in six months? Let's fucking get there. Stop drinking. Start exercising. Yeah. Start moving. Let's fucking get there. Yeah. Positive. No, we don't need to know how many days you are after thousands. Finished, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I like that because I f that's definitely a big intimidating thing about giving up drinking. Why do you give up drinking? Oh, because you know, just because you just because just because you want to stop drinking. I mean, I went to an event last night called the dinner where it's like high net worth networking event where everyone sits down and gets to know each other and when you see what synergy of businesses you have around there. And I reckon there were 60 people there and my, ta my table of 10, two of them were drinking. And I asked around the table, I said, how many of you guys here are sober? And all, like, all the other eight people went, like it weren't like they drink occasionally, all the other eight people went sober and I was like, all oh, right, like how long, how many, how many days? And like half of them were like, no, we don't have, I just don't drink because it's not productive. Yeah. I just don't drink because, you know, I get twice the I get twice the amount out of a year, you know. And I think that yeah, the more that we can talk about it being like just a cool thing to do rather than a massive, you know, you're giving up something that was really bad. Like, look at it as you're starting something that's good. Yeah, exactly. And like I said to you, like, imagine you've been successful in everything you've done up to now. Mm. I'm excited to see where you take your life now because it's. I think actually it's, it's 10 years you get for the price of one. I think that's genuinely what it is. I'm saying to myself, right, I'm starting dry. I'm going to absolutely, the next 10 years, I'm going to look at it like a boxing career. I'm going to, like boxers do, they don't drink, they're, they're machines, they go to the gym every day, they live and breathe it. I'm going to do that for 10 years. 10 years with me, with my drive and passion, with no booze, no drugs, nothing, I'm going to, that's, that's a whole person's lifetime and what I'm going to get out of that. Mm. And I honestly believe that as well. And I think knowing knowing how unproductive we were before, we yeah. both, we're both successful in our own yeah, right. And, and still, still and getting through still it. Still achieving stuff. Yeah. <laughs> now you've come on this side, you're going to fucking smash it, mate. And yeah. I'm well excited to see it. Thank you. I really appreciate that, Matt. And one thing I will say uh, that is true, uh, you know, you, you talk about the spiritual side of stuff. I definitely, I don't know what it is. I try and talk about it. I try and sort of describe it and I can't really describe what I'm talking about sometimes because I can't put a word on it. I'm not really religious, uh, but more it's more like university kind of stuff for me. And I, I honestly, since, I mean, even starting this podcast. So the day that I decided to start this podcast, I met the producer, John, over the back there. John, give us a wave. That's John. Um, unfortunately, he's not single ladies. There'll be a lot of ladies <laughs> like straight away in the comments. Cool. He's not a piece of meat. But um, there are no ladies watching this. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I met John and uh, and 
uh, through John, you know, John was really excited about the podcast we're doing. And he was like, oh, you know what? You'll be great for this TV show. Got me on the TV show. And then through 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 that, somebody had seen me and has got me on other things. Uh, me and John are working on a film now, a mental health film. And um, I've had... Uh, in, the, in the last space, in the space of like the last three years, so I haven't had any opportunities drop on my lap, none at all. No opportunities fall on my lap. Everything that I've done in the last few years has, has, has been like, I felt like I'm fucking clawing and clawing and trying to do this and trying to do that and trying to get this opportunity and trying to get, and then like fucking working, 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 sesh, drinking, drinking, recovering, trying to work, work, work. And since I've gone sober, it's been like, oh, there, how about that? Have that, have that. I'm like, fucking hell, if this is what happens <laughs> when I'm putting good things out, it, do you know what I mean? It is, mate. And you're helping people. I think that's the biggest thing you, you can do. You're helping people with your new project, with the men's project. I think yeah. that's exactly what you need to do. Once you start giving back, helping other people, the world starts helping you. I open a fucking orphanage, mate, at this rate. <laughs> fucking hell, win the lottery. No, I'm joking. Um, all right, cool. So, yeah, yeah. What, what else should we chat about? What else you got going on in your life? What's next for you? Talk to me. I mean, um, I think what would be interesting, actually, is because uh, you said you do a bit of coaching. How about this, then? Imagine I've come to you and I've said to you, right, I'm I'm drinking like big seshes on and off, doing a little bit of packet. My missus is pissed off with me. I don't know where to turn. Um, what advice would you give me? The things that I always find always is that that it's not the problem is never the problem. So you only have to ask a couple of questions to get the real problem. Oh, actually, why are you doing it? All well, right, because well, I'm running away. Well, let's let's actually treat it as if as if I was still in the mix. Right. You know what I mean? I'd have to put. Imagine I'm a little bit fatter and a bit more aggy. <laughs> but imagine I was still there, and and this is a session. So let's do it. So why are you, why are you drinking? Um, I drink. Um, when I feel stressful, it also, it's the only, it's, it's the only way I feel like I can really switch off from everything that's going on in my life. Um, if, maybe it's a bit like escapism, like. Yeah. Do you know what, what exactly you're escaping from? Uh, no, oh God, that's a deep question. Maybe let's not do this <laughs> live. <laughs> um, See, yeah. there you go. That's two yeah. questions and you're already going to tell me what the problem is. Like. Yeah. So it's not about drinking drugs because yeah. that's just a side effect. Yeah. Uh, but I, also, what what I will find out from you if you were sat in that room yeah. is you is you haven't got a clear vision of where you want to be. Mm. That's the other thing, with, especially with men. I ask that 100% of the time. They're always going to say they have done it. If I say to you, where, where, tell me exactly where you want to be this time next year and where you want to be in five years. And I want to know exactly every time. I was like, fucking know, maybe a bit better, maybe a bit healthier. A bit more money. A bit more this, a bit more that. It's like, yeah. oh no, let's fucking go. And this is where I've worked with Rob Heisey, and I'll give him a shout out. Yeah. I've worked with him personally, and we've done a few things together, and he's genius at this. Let's create a vision. And let's, and then, then I, put, I can put people in meditation, mm. and then let's shut your eyes, and let's get into where you want to be. Let's imagine in a year's time, tell me exactly where you want to be. Let's imagine it. Let's look, feel what you can feel, see what you can see, hear what you can hear. Get them in the moment. They're like shoulders dropping. They get started actually yeah it feels nice then you can start reverse engineering that well, what do we need to do what steps do we need to do to get you to that vision and it might be as simple as read one page of a book mm. and then you're off you're off in the right direction but people just don't have direction mm. and it's like driving but getting in your car and not knowing where the fuck you're going so if yeah. you got you got to have two things for that you got to have the pedal to get you there and you got to have the direction the, the sat nav mm. and people are driving one without the other so they're giving it 110 percent, but they don't know where the fuck they're going or they've got this vision but they're doing fuck all at home Mm. so you marry the two things up and you're off that's why maybe men can really get a sense of fucking putting everything in and getting nowhere yeah exactly exactly that exactly it yeah if if for instance i was to say uh in that situation i was like you know um uh you know i'm just drinking because 
I just need a break from my life every now and then. Like if everything feels a bit shit sometimes. And when I'm smashed, um, when I'm smashed or high or whatever, then I don't have to think about everything. What would the response to that be? Yeah, it'd be the same sort of thing along the lines of like, what is it that's shit in your life? And also how how does that help by drinking? How do you feel after you drunk the next yeah. day? How do you feel about those things that were shit? Same. And again, yeah. it's the same thing. It always goes backwards. But then you, my mm. my work and where I've been successful and where like, is that positive forward thinking mm. outlook on things? Let's create a fucking vision. Let's yeah. go forwards. Let's not. I'm not. I'm not trained to fucking sit and talk about sit in a pit of your own mm. shit. I say yeah. I don't want to know what happened to you twenty years ago. I want to know where you want to be in twenty years. I like that. Different, yeah. different mindset. I am, um, I, 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 and I'm only saying this because um, you know this is not bullshit. But I honestly, I felt that I, 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 when I was in the midst of it, I really felt like my friends are fucking funny. Some of my friends, and my friends are proper sessions, but most of them seem to be able to maintain the occasional piss up and session, then go weeks and weeks and weeks without it, and you know they don't argue with their misses or or f fuck up work and stuff. So. Um, and one of my mates always, you know, my, my social media would be like, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like I'll go a bit quiet and you did nothing for me on Sunday. And then Monday, Tuesday, I'm talking about mental health. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Okay. And I'll be on, I'll be going like, you know, if you're suffering from like feeling down and, you know, feeling a bit worthless, you know, I'll wake up and I'll go, Do you know what? Everything's getting on top of me and that. And I've been on it all fucking weekend. Yeah. Um, and a, one of my friends, uh, Snoop, pulled me aside once and he was like, oh, isn't, it, isn't it funny that you're always a mental health advocate on a fucking come down? <laughs> yeah. Right. And I was like, and I looked at it and I, I, I thought, to, but I never fucking put it all together. I never put it all together, um, even in the midst of it. And now I'll be honest with you, I feel a little bit fucking stupid because I've come out the other end of it and I almost, I almost feel like I'm, I don't want to say miss because I don't miss it, but I almost feel strange that. I'm not having mood swings. I'm not having big ups and downs. I'm not, I'm not feeling depressed. You know, I even feel like in a weird way, and this will make me sound really stupid, that every, the trees and the grass and everything feels brighter when I'm walking around. I'm like, sometimes I'm walking around and I'm like, I feel kind of strange that there isn't a slight tint in how I'm feeling. Do you know why that is? Because you, AC, everyone's got a baseline, right? How you feel, how, you, how much you weigh, how, how much you can push, all that shit. You've got a baseline. When you drink and do drugs, you lower your baseline. So you're, under, so you're at like a minus 10 all the time. And the problem is with drinking drugs is when you're drinking it, it takes you down, it takes you up, takes you down. If you're drinking two or three times a week, you're basically always in a baseline deficit. So you're always paying it. What does baseline mean? So like think of a baseline nuke. So now your baselines are your true baseline. So you you should be able to see, smell the flowers, see what's out there in nature, but you don't because you're in a negative baseline. So you're you're sheltered, you're contracted, you're in this body language is all like this, and you you think in the world's against you, but, but you never get out of it because you don't have two, three weeks off the booze where you start peeking. I, I call it like getting a leg outside the jar. If you imagine everyone's inside like a glass jar. When you go sober or sober curious, you start having a leg out or a face out and start looking at what, what there is. Once you come out the jar, you see everyone else in the jar. And you think, what the fuck are they doing? It's mad. What is everyone doing? <laughs> yeah. um, it's so obvious, yeah. isn't it? And But you don't know that yourself until you experience it. So I think pe when people start to get into a positive baseline or find their actual baseline, they start to feel good. You start to notice the things in nature. You start to take mm. note of things that you should have done. You start to feel better every day. Mm. And that's that. You, that's just you elevating your baseline. And the good thing about that, by the way, is when you get to a thousand days that like I am, that just gets higher and higher. So you become more and more in tune with everything, more and more in touch with nature, more and more relaxed when shit happens to you. Um, so it just yeah. gets better and better. It's just an evolving thing. Yeah, I'm definitely going through this with my wife, me and me and Shelly. Sh Shelly's, uh, my, my wife is Northern, right? 
Um, so she's a, like a nutter anyway. She's like hardcore. <laughs> she's like, right, this all fucking give over. She's, you know, when she goes, she goes. But she's like, you know, she's she's sort of some weird mix of like a hot, strict teacher. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's weird. But um, she, uh, she kill me for saying that. Don't cut me. This is the bit that will go viral. But um, yeah, I don't get her to dress up as a teacher or anything. I'm just saying that she's like like the authority of, anyway, uh, as you can tell, I'm quite scared of her. Um, she, um, she, she, me and her used to clash. Like we used to clash where some, well, like she would just say something, do you know what I mean? That needs to be done. Like this morning she come, like she come downstairs this morning, like, and it's another thing. I left uh, Essex this morning at 4.30 in the morning, got in my car and drove all the way home because I stayed in Essex, drove all the way home. And on the way home I was doing, I'd scheduled a load of calls like from people that, you know, I've got a couple of things happening or whatever. And I said, yeah, call me tomorrow morning at five o'clock in the morning because I'll be on the motorway. And then another one, I was like at 5.30 and these two people messaged back going, bro, seriously, like <laughs> I don't get up till seven. I was like, well, if you want to talk, that's my spare time tomorrow. So I was driving and doing this. And while I was doing it, I was thinking this time last year, you know, I would not be in the car now. If I'd been to Essex the night before, I probably wouldn't have been making it home anyway. But when I come in, Shelly was like, I'm digressing a bit, but Shelly was like, um, you couldn't take a couple of the, the big bin, uh, bin, filled bins out of the black bin could you and the one in the bin and you couldn't take it to the dump and you know just drop it down there could you and I was like why and she was like well because somebody forgot to take the bit put the bins out this and I weren't clocking it you know what I mean yeah. and I was like what do you mean someone forgot to take the bins out well that's stupid isn't it yeah yeah whoever's job that is is stupid and I'm going like because I'm a bit thick I'm going along I'm going yeah that's well done now now we're fucked like the bins are going to be filled for a couple of two weeks yeah yeah and the person whose job it is ain't really got many jobs it's like literally just the bit and then I was like oh, wait oh wait hold on a second it was me um, but I, I saw the funny side of it but I, but and, and and even when I was picking them bins up well actually I'll tell you the truth I said to her look maybe I'm a bit busy I'll do it like next Monday between 4.30 and 5.30 in the morning if I've got time no but um, I had this moment of clarity afterwards and this isn't bullshit where I walked away sort of laughing and I thought that would really have fucked me off about uh, six months ago that really would have got under my skin I would have gone well do you know what fucking you take the take the that's the sort of twat I was because I was always aggy I was always kind of hung over and felt like selfish self-indulged and now honestly I'm just like sort of floating around thinking surely I should be more aggy than this like it's weird I literally did a post on that last night on Instagram about relationships. And I said, isn't it weird, Al? All these stupid ag- arguments you have where you feel frustrated or you feel angry. It's all because you're tired and you've had a few beers all the time. And actually, when you stop drinking, it sort of slowly dissolves. And now, me and my missus just don't ever cross words. But before, you're always tired, you're aggy, like you say, and it always happens. So I, I completely agree with you. And that will only get better as well. Yeah. Well, there is still the occasional thing, do you know what I mean? But no way. Well, no, actually, there isn't. I, I think since I've been sober, we haven't You're had like a You're looking bust. for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I was then. I was yeah. like, I'm pretty sure. Because like, I always used to think she was a bit of a knobhead. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's what I think we're like as men. We're, we're, we're hungover. We're on a come down. We've been out all night. We've been out all night. And we, your missus wakes up and you're like, yeah, I'll come here, give us a kiss. And she's like, no, do you know what? I'm getting a little bit annoyed of you not being. And you're like, fucking hell. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you want me to be a dad? <laughs> Twat. It's like, but yeah. Right, what strategies? What strategies? And I mean, you're a thousand, right, that's a good one. You're a thousand days in now. Um, do you still get temptation at all? No. Joe, no. you know, one thing I'd say to everyone listening to this, alcohol-free beers 
just changed the game for me. Oh, mate, they actually taste like beer now. Unbelievable. Like, when, the, when I first went, I thought it was just Bex Blue. I thought it was shit, and Bex Blue is shit. It's but shit. there's so many good beers now. And what I did when I first went sober was I'd go to Tesco or Sainsbury's or whatever, and I'd find the alcohol free section in the aisle, and I'd like pick, I'd spend a while like picking it. And I'd go and pick, oh, I ain't tried that one, I ain't tried that one. Take that back, have a nice glass when I got home Friday night, have a beer. You don't feel like you're missing out, and they're so good. Mm. That, for me, literally, I was smashing them. I was having, like, 10 20 at a weekend and now I, now the difference is i have them because i want to feel like a grown-up and i want to have a drink mm. so it's like not that i need it to pretend that it's a drink do mm. you know what i mean so that's been a massive strategy for me and i've absolutely loved that but generally what i'd say you touched on the morning thing and like you find this space like five in the morning becomes a thing mm. before you just not you flat out you're not going to go there now and this started right at the start for me and i wrote my book pretty much in that five till seven window before getting the tube to work before doing a full day at work before you know, being a dad whatever i'd written a book like so i was writing 500 let's just write 500 pages over a week and break that down by day and do it at five o'clock in the morning and he's suddenly smashing it and i read a book called the miracle morning by hal elrod mm. and it's like it's, again it's for people like us, not not how to read and um but he talks about the morning routine how you can get the morning routine right and in 30 minutes you only need 30 minutes to do it so it'd be like do five push-ups write three lines in a journal, um, make sure you eat something healthy. You know, what? it's like six things, six pillars kind of thing, but all in five minute mm. windows. And that changed the game for me. I was like, hang on a minute, just that 30 minutes in the morning changes everything. And that's one thing that stuck to me. So that's one of the things I leverage. So if I'm having a tough time, I feel like shit or whatever, I'm drinking alcohol-free beers, I've got my morning routine right. I go to the gym every morning. And I said this on my Instagram this morning. I went to the gym this morning. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go yesterday morning. But now it's just part of what I do. It's like taking the kids to school. It's like eating your lunch. It's just what I do. There's no negotiation. It's like I've plunged it into my routine. That's just what I do. So I've got such a good set of habits. They're going to lead me to my end goal, my vision, which is quite exciting, which is what drives me every day, along with that sort of internal anger. So that's my strategy, really. That morning routine, eat well, clean well, train well, and you know, keep reading, keep learning, all that sort of good stuff. Yeah, I think that um, yeah, there's power in that. And man, my 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 life is my life is my morning. My whole life is my morning. Like that, what, what I manage, what what I feel like I achieve before my kids wake up to me is fucking unbelievable. And by the time my kids wake up, by the time I walk back in from the boxing gym, because I go I go either running or boxing. I box six days a week, and I run on the Sunday, and when I walk in through them doors and the girls are downstairs getting getting into their school clothes and I'm like, I've I've scheduled my day, I've written in my diary, I've sorted my emails out, I've put my content ideas together, I've had my workout and I walk in and I'm like, all right. And, and all that is possible because you've had good quality sleep and we only touched on that, but sleep quality gets destroyed when you drink. Even just a couple of drinks destroys the quality of your sleep. What do you mean? So you're not actually getting a proper... So you sleep in cycles, right? So you've got light, light sleep, deep sleep, you've got REM sleep. You sleep in these sort of 90 minute waves. And at the a part of each 90 minute wave is a REM sleep, which kind of, if you think of it like it's sort of filing away all your shit, like your inbox, you're filing it away in your head while you're asleep. Um, so you wake up in the morning, if you've had good quality REM sleep, you wake up refreshed. 
if you drink alcohol, it puts you right into that sleep straight away as a pass out, basically. And you come up to that light sleep area straight away and you spend most of your sleep in light sleep zone, which means you're going to wake up for a piss, makes up you wake up and your mind's raging. You're not getting good quality sleep. So while your eyes are shut and you're doing the time, it's not the quality and it's the quality of sleep that matters. So you'll find because you don't drink, you go to bed, you'll sleep. You don't need eight, nine hours. You can get away with six, seven because it's good quality sleep. You wake up feeling great and then you've got all that energy in the morning. So that's another, and that was another thing, by the way, that kept me off the booze because when you, I don't know if you, if you noticed your sleep quality has been better. Oh, I love it. I love my bed. Yeah. I love it. See, I love it. I, I mean, put the kids to, I, get, I put the kids to, and this is pathetic, but I put the kids to bed at seven and me and the missus go jump straight into bed. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And you find, and then you don't need as much and you're winding down properly. And if you nail the, the evening part as well, if you like no screens before, if you read a bit, you can really start refining it. Mm. And um, yeah, so now I track my sleep and it's, it's perfect, which means I don't ever, that's one thing that will just prevent me from ever drinking again because I don't want to sacrifice that alone. Yeah, I, th I do think to myself, there's there'll be it'll be so devastating if I drink again now. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like for the progress I've made, um, I've, I, it's weird because my ego is completely different. Whereas when I was drinking, when I, my my ego is different. Like I think I, I don't think I'm better than anyone, but I feel like I've got the upper hand on people being sober. Yeah, yeah, of course, in business, definitely. Yeah, definitely in business. How old are you? Thirty nine. Yeah, same age. No, thirty eight. 39, same age as me, which is really common. But also, the way I'm looking at this is, right, 40 years old, I'm going to be this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. My 40 to 50 is my 10 mm. years I spoke about earlier. But I can put that chapter of the sesh, of all that. And do you know what? With a smile on my face, I had some fucking mad times and some brilliant times. But What's your craziest done? sesh? Oh, mate, I can't tell you. I've got... <laughs> I've got <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've done some bad things. Yeah, like we all have. <laughs> we all have. Yeah, not I've as bad as Kirk, not though, as bad I bet. Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, was say, I, was, I was saying to you outside, Matt, that um, I had such a weird experience and the geezer might be out there watching now, but I dropped my daughter off at school this morning and her teacher was like, oh, Mr. O'Reilly, can I just have a chat? And I was like, yeah. She, he was like, uh, she was like, oh, last night I walked in and my, my partner, I could hear your voice in the lounge and my partner was watching your podcast with Kirk Norcross and I was like, oh <laughs> my God, mate, the stuff we were talking about in that. But um, no funny stories you can give me or... or I think that... I think that. Do, you have, do you have... Do you have do you have fond memories of the of it or not? Do you know what I have fond memories of? Really, it's the boozing rather than the sesh because that always just ended in like weirdness. Yeah, yeah proper and weirdness. Whereas, and it's all the anticipation in it. It's the building up to the stag do, to the wedding, to the Friday night, whatever mm. it is. When you get there, it's not as good as that was what I struggled with mm. at first. But I can honestly say, like you, I've completed it, and, yeah. and I'm happy yeah. to put that chapter of my life behind me it, it, it entailed a lot of grief entailed a lot of drama it entailed some fucking hilarious times some really shit times but it's done yeah. and now i'm looking forward 40 to 50 i'm going to smash the ass out of it who knows yeah. what will happen after that yeah well you planned on staying sober though right yeah plan on staying sober yeah but I, I always say to myself and it's quite an interesting outlook and it's just what works for me is i say to myself like this boxing this 10 years this 40 to 50 i'm gonna smash the ass out of that and that's to see where that takes me I've got a vision of myself living abroad in Spain, all family around me, nice warm weather, really healthy, fit. I don't know whether that entails a glass of wine or not, but I've got them. The way it keeps me sober is I know that I can do 40 to 50. I want to smash the ass out of that. Mm. And when I get to 50, I might go, do you know what? I'm fucking caked up here. I'm done really well. I've helped fucking millions of people. I'm going to go and move to Spain, never see anyone again and have a glass of wine. Yeah. Who knows? But, and I think that's enough of a, if I say to myself, you're never drinking again, mm. I find that difficult. So I've found this sweet spot and this little vision that's kind of getting a little bit naughty, like 
I'll come back to you in a bit. I don't know what, but I know now I created that when I first went sober and I know two and a half years in what benefits I now live. And mm. I know in 10, 10 more years time that I'm not going to go back to it in reality. But that's but I understand what you mean. It's, it's a way, it's a way of keeping that fear of it's over away. Yeah. 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 I get that. I think, um, I think, you know, just going back to just going back to what you were t you were talking about just before we wrap up because we're, we're we're close on the time. But just going back to what you said about you know when you were writing your book, doing a, a little bit a day. I think that there's definitely power in in um, doing a little bit of something in the morning. Um, you know, like I've, I've I've listened to a lot of famous comedians and they're saying like if you can just do twenty minutes right writing stand up twenty minutes, like you you have something like fucking seven or eight shows, you know, shows worth a year, and it's very difficult to focus on writing. I don't know what you're like, John, mate, because you it's a stand up comedian as well. But writing, I'm a, I'm a late night guy. Yeah, okay, yeah, like twelve to two. Like, oh, really? Yeah, but I think I'm inspired to actually get up before like eleven. Yeah, because I always message him. We're writing a, a screenplay at the moment. And I always message him like half oh, five, six o'clock in the morning. He gets back to me about eleven. I'm like, this is fucking <laughs> part time shit. <laughs> but no, but like, if there's something that you want to achieve out there, just getting a little bit of it done daily can can really push you, can't it? Can it definitely man? Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm still doing that. I'm writing another book, which I don't know what. And it's more about the men's side of things. And I've just started doing it as a hobby. And out of that, I started doing some men's. I'm doing a thing called Off the Sesh. Um, it's like a subscription because I wanted to help as many men as I can actually coach them. Mm. But my, my coaching is expensive one-to-one. -one. So I wanted to create something that was a lower price that I could create a group of lads and I yeah. could help them all by doing group sessions. So that's come out of me just writing a book, which I don't even know if I'll ever publish, but that's what I do in the morning. It just keeps your mind active and it keeps yeah. you motivated. I love that. Well, listen, thank you, Matt. Um, where can they find you? We'll get it up on the screen. Have a look into the camera there. Tell them, tell them where they can find your book, where they can find you and where they can find the app. So the book is on Amazon. It's called Better Me, Better You. You'll find that. It's $9.99. You'll find me online at Better Life Guy on Instagram and on Facebook. You'll also find the Dry app, which is completely free to download. You can get that from the Apple Store or Google Play. And you can also find it at betterlifeguide.com or dryapp.com. Wow. Um... There was some really interesting stuff in there, Matt. Uh, do you know what? This is mad, this podcast, isn't it? It's mad. Like, thank you so much. Um, uh, I just want to say that, you know, giving me your time, sharing some intimate stuff with me as well. Um, that was deep. That hit, that hit me. But we, we managed to um, also have some fun with it. But, yeah, that really hit me. And I think um, it's the same as when Kurt came on. Um, yeah, being, being able to be open about things to help other people is great. Uh yeah, you remind me, I feel like we've got a very similar thing going on here. Yeah. I think it would be dangerous if we had met yeah. back in the day. <laughs> Definitely. Do we probably know? did. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you never know, do you? But, um, but um, yeah, thank you. And maybe come back on again and we'll, we'll see how you're getting on. But thank you for sharing all your wisdom, man. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Matt. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Mate, listen, before you go, make sure that you subscribe. If this is the first time, check out all the other episodes. Let me know in the comments if there's anyone interesting that inspires you that you would like to get onto the podcast. Go and check out our group, uh, Men and Their Emotions. Follow me and the guests uh, on Instagram and give us loads of feedback and share the podcast. Uh, from me, Matt and John, thank you very much.